Welcome to the Willow City Council regular meeting of July 25th, 2023. So we stand and salute the flag. Council
your anger's abatement building code of 1997 allows you to uh, cite or make comments about corrections for uh, apartments that have substandard conditions. And so I'm, I'm trying to approach it from a building code aspect. But environmental health, the county environmental health have no interest in enforcing anything. No interest. They just told me they had no staff and they weren't going to go. Well, the concern would be living conditions, obviously, and if they are substandard and the unit is being condemned, where do our residents go? Uh, but also reliable if I see an unsafe condition. For instance, some of the items we can we can we can cite as violations are missing smoke detectors, hot water heaters that have, are not operating. Um, the last inspection I had two units without heat, of course in this weather, doesn't make any difference. But we have complaints about air conditioning. Those are not required by the building code, so that's a contractual issue between the person who rented the apartment and the facility. So I work off of broken drains, exposed wires, unsafe steps, grid handrails, all of which were getting corrected at each building. And also we, we, the, uh, we had relocation of the fire extinguishers so they were accessible to everybody. There were apartments that weren't addressed. So you get a 911 call, you, there were no numbers to go to. That all, the whole facility has all the addresses and all the fire protection on the outside of the building has been changed and altered to be compliant. How long before we, we think we can get this thing in compliance all the way around? Well, I told them now that every two weeks we're going to be looking at two buildings. And so getting those corrections will be the issue. Um, today, I think, uh, to date, we've already collected $7,400 of penalties from them. I said, isn't it easier to pay to have the corrections done than to pay us uh, to do the inspections, get the corrections done? And I, they're, I think they're trying to work on it now from that aspect. Um, if they had not found that, we would be losing that income of, of our time just being there, okay? Thank you. I also wanted to let you know that I also uh, contacted the Butte County Housing Authority uh, because there are Section 8 units there and I thought they would be interested in the environmental health issues and they will be doing inspections themselves next week on August 1st. I just heard from the Executive Director today uh, to confirm that. So just trying to you know, gently apply additional pressure on getting the property cleaned up. Well, I'm pleased to hear that um, the city staff has taken effort into task to try to improve the conditions of this therapy. Uh, it's been in the newspaper and uh, it raises concerns about what's there. And I understand a lot of the vehicles that were housing people living in the parking lots have been removed as well. Yes, all the operable vehicles that think we have about eight or ten tags the first trip around. They got all those removed, but unfortunately they you would show up, we have to tag it and go through a process, so. Uh, the, the vehicles have definitely improved. Uh, I have also noticed, it's, I haven't actually pulled the hard numbers, but it feels like we're going there a lot less um, in the last couple of months. Um, the problem with a lot of the vehicles is that that's, we don't have a ton of authority to actually tow those cars because it's on private property, but we can, you know, cite other sources such as Ingress, egress, health and safety code, um, a wanton, undangerous area, things like that. Uh, but it's a much more murky area for us. The 
continue to find new cars, and um, the tow company that they use doesn't have a huge uh, storage area, so he can only take a couple of cars a month. Okay. Mr. Mayor, I may have just a couple of questions to clarify. First, first off, Wyatt and uh, Chief Monk, thank you for being proactive on this and uh, you know, taking care of business from a serious aspect. Uh, when the uh, sewage incident first arose back in October, I remember, that is, that's what you uh, term an uh, emergency, uh, something that obviously needs to be taken care of from a health and safety standpoint. But Wyatt, uh, uh, some of your comments were concerning uh, a few minutes ago uh, in reference to county environmental health. Have they been on site at all with you, environmental, any, any representatives of environmental health? They haven't even responded saying they would go. Um, I did get a text here just a couple hours ago about a public environmental, uh, a public health officer contacted. I don't know if it's Butte County or whether it's Glen County, but uh, they said they had no interest in, uh, they have no staff to do that. Interesting. Yeah, I mean, and the, the conditions are atrocious. There's, there's, there's needles outside on the ground, uh, syringes inside, there's cockroaches, uh, you know, uh, a lot of that is the people living there, their conditions, you know, they're not very sanitary and that type of thing. There are some apartments that are in very good shape and those people take care of them. Uh, so I'm sure it's a battle for the people that have the apartments. But we just approach it as our yearly safety inspection and just keep plugging away at those. So uh, the good part about not doing the whole facility at once, which would probably take me five days, is, is the reinspections get me back on the property every two weeks. So we look at the whole outside facility again for any safety issues, okay? So uh, it, you actually consistently have code enforcement there every two weeks looking at something, okay? Yeah, thank you. Yeah, yeah, thank you. Uh, and my, my second final question is, it, you alluded to management has been rather cooperative. Have they been cooperative with you uh, from the beginning? Do they continue to be cooperative? Yes, they do. Okay, very good. That's at least some good news. Thank you, that's all I did. Anybody Council? Uh, just out of full disclosure, um, I did meet with a couple of the uh, tenants out there. Uh, our supervisor, uh, Jim Gilder, facilitated the meeting with me. And the story I hear from them is uh, uh, difficult to hear, but put it that way. But let me clarify a couple of things. I was led to believe, um, uh, Marty, that this, they canceled their Section 8 uh, activity out there. Is that, am I correct in that, that they're, they're no longer Section 8 compliant? So that doesn't allow that organization to come in and do Well, according to Butte County, they have eight Section 8 units at the complex, and they're scheduled for August 1st to inspect those units. And I asked them also to, if they, are permitted to do this to make any kind of observations about the outdoor, the exterior, that they could comment on and give feedback on as well, because there are you know families and children there, and there's frequently derelict uh, you know cars and over dumpsters that are overflowing, and so I, I asked them if you could also make any commentary about the exterior of the complex in addition to the eight Section 8 units. I believe that they said that they have Section 8 tenants in, and that would be. 
Anybody in the audience like to make a comment?
And, that, and I think, Mr. Mayor, that's what you and I have talked about a couple days ago, is we don't have a plan B. We don't have adequate housing to uh, displace these people. And we have a protected people that live there also. We have disabled, we have elderly, we have disabled veterans. So we have, a, we have by statute, a protected persons there, that were there. Now, what do we do? We don't have plan B. Where do you move these people to if we condemn the entire property? Well, the onus then becomes onto the property owner. Uh, that, that's a burden that, that they have to take as soon as, if, if, they, if they condemn them. Where are they gonna move to? They're not gonna move to anywhere in Willis, but we don't have any housing uh, to be able to do that. Do they have, and I think you and I had talked about it, do they have any open uh, apartment complexes that they can slowly move people through? That's a good question, and maybe that, that uh, your staff would be able to, to figure that out. Um, and so, you know, that's that's what we're doing. And I know um, Janelle, she uh, she set up a meeting with Mr. Schumann and, and Equity uh, Properties and uh, uh, myself and, and Supervisor Arnold for uh, for Friday. Uh, their their Equities Properties is going to come up uh, Friday and for Bakersfield and, and, and meet with us. Um, I've talked to the district attorney and I've talked to um, our, our legal counsel for the county. You're, you're absolutely right. The, uh, the city has all the standing. The, uh, the, the county doesn't have standing only from an environmental standpoint. Um, and uh, after listening with, uh, to, Mr. Or to Wyatt over there, um, we will be having that conversation with our environmental health, I would imagine, pretty early tomorrow morning. Um, but, uh, and, and he had talked, I think Nate had talked about the, uh, the, the vehicle removals. Um, those were done, according to the district attorney, he ended up filing charges against the, uh, the management at the properties because they were taking them and not having adequate uh, um, documentation for them. Uh, that was, I was talking with the district attorney about that. But we talked about, we talk about uh, Los Angeles. Um, Los Angeles count Los Angeles. And I never, never thought I would always I would look at Los Angeles and anything come good of it. But you know what? These guys are taking a proactive stance. Um, they are, uh, you know, the, the and why it's right is the state of California does not mandate cooling systems. However, back last year they they put a bill in front of. Uh, in, in, uh, into the Senate, it was, it's AB 2597, that was, uh, they were going to revise the building code and they were going to add uh, cooling systems inside the building code, which would mandate the ability to, to have uh, cooling systems within there, within the thing. However, it, it came out of the Senate committee with no further action because the political environment and the, your, 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 the, the people that, that didn't want it um, one, one that day, so, so now it doesn't. What they ended up doing, they ended up putting $5 million into the pot to uh, study it. Okay, we know where that, we know where that goes. Um, but the city of Los Angeles has come up with, and which is legal, is each municipality has legislative ability to pass an ordinance within their jurisdiction that would mandate all properties, all rental properties, have cooling systems. What that means, 
is, is, is I, don't know, I don't know personally, but I know the, the, the Los Angeles um, City Council did. This is what they're saying, this is what they say. At this time in the climate emergency, the ability to cool one's home cannot be considered a luxury and rather must be treated as a necessity. Re <coughs> requiring cooling apartheid for all residential units could be a life-saving measure for countless people during extreme heat events. Um, so they are enacting a, their own legislation to, to uh, provide notice to the landowners, property owners, that, or rentals that they have to have that. City of Los Angeles is doing that. If you look at um, CDC, and, I, and I've been doing a little research, the, well, this is what they're saying is that average annual temperature increases experienced over most of California have already exceeded one degree with some areas exceeding two degrees. The daily maximum average temperature, an indicator of extreme temperature shifts is expected to rise 4.4 degrees Fahrenheit to 5.8 degrees Fahrenheit by 2040 uh, and 5.6 to 8.8 .8 by 2050. Heat waves that result in public health impacts, also referred to as health heat events, are also projected to worsen throughout the state. The average health heat events are projected to last two weeks longer in the Central Valley and four to 10 times more often in the Northern Sierra region. So we're not getting any different, we're not, we're not, we're not cooling down, we're getting hotter. So, you know, and I can, we can, we can take a poll of everybody who has air conditioning in their house in this building, and I guarantee everybody does. What we need to do <coughs> is take care of those people who don't. And if we, as a, and, and I, and I applaud your, your staff, your, their, uh, the building inspectors and stuff like that. They're doing a fantastic job. I, I couldn't tell you how many emails I received in the last two hours from people that are that from equity and, and Janelle and stuff saying that, hey, things are moving, noise is being made, and these property these property managements are taking notice. Now, where was the ball dropped? I have no idea. Was it dropped at a local level, a medium level, a LLC level, or an owner level? I don't know. Uh, those are the questions we have to ask. But if we can, if, if we as, as a collective body, whether it come from the county with our environmental health, which again, we will have those conversations, um, and through the health and human services who will provide a service, and they've had boots on the ground every day, helping people apply for different things and stuff like that. So we're, we're trying to do our part. But if, if uh, and I'm not saying pass an ordinance to do that, but putting people on notice that an ordinance can be done gives political leverage. And that might be what is going to get us over the threshold on having to um, fix these problems. And this is probably not the only apartment complex that we are gonna to have to address, but we're gonna address them. Uh, and hopefully collaboratively, uh, that uh, the county and the city can work together to, to figure out a solution to this problem. So, thank you. Thank you. You got a comment. I, I just cannot let this go by. Jim Janelle and, and the visual and the emotional connection of the city and the county to solve the problem. We all got up here to make change. And the only way we can make change is to work together. Absolutely. Buy all these resources and make an impact somewhere and cause something to change beyond dialogue. 
So thank you to everybody that's working together, city, county, staff, everyone. It makes me feel good. You know, when, when, when apartment, when consumers and the, the, the property, the, the, the renters and stuff throw, throw a fight, it's hard for them to win. But when elected officials do and, 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 and uh, uh, administrators from, from large departments do, people take notice and that's what's happening here. So we need to keep this going. And you know what, we save one life. It, it can't be, we can't quantify it, but if we can say, hey, we, 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 we helped one person, we did our job. Some clarity for Kelly. Do I understand then from your perspective that they are uh, phasing out of Section 8? They've got some of their grandfathered in, those people leave, they're not going to replace them. Yes, I believe in 2015, 2016, sorry about that. Uh, 2015, 2016, the, uh, the apartment complex, which was formerly known as Cedar Hills, um, fell out of its 30 year affordability. Um, Time period in commitment. Um, so at that time, that's when um, I think the owner of the company is 0312 Ramona Incorporated um, purchased the property and converted it to fair market rent. Um, so historically, they have we have been able to to go ahead and have persons live with Section 8 vouchers at that complex. They're no longer accepting Section 8 vouchers. Only the ones that have been grandfathered in that have not vacated. So those same persons will likely be very reticent um, to indicate any issues with their housing conditions because the fear of where will they go, even with a voucher. Okay. Well, do you anticipate with this new company and the reason that they're raising these rates or their rents, are they planning on really upgrading that facility from your perspective, or is, are they just taking advantage of the bad situation for several years we've tried to engage in conversations with them and it's not until most recent um and likely i believe it has to do with the direct code enforcement and and, and having some teeth um, otherwise these persons get lost in the state system filing grievances um, even local legal support and and chico is no longer work, working with these tenants um, because the issues are so significant and so great the issues are so significant and they're so great. Okay. And it would probably require class action. Thank you. Yes. So to clarify what she was saying about, I understand that people don't want to complain because they're worried about getting evicted. So that's why Nate and I have taken the approach to inspect every apartment, okay? To meet the minimum code items. So they had two vacant units on this last section. They were totally cleaning them up, getting back to the where they're totally appropriate to be rented out. Um, it's just the neighbors are so filthy also that it makes bad conditions for everybody. So that's why we're taking that approach. And within a year, we can come right back around and inspect every apartment again, okay? So that's why we're going to that approach. So the person really doesn't have to provide a complaint. We'll be in that apartment sooner or later. Excellent. So let me interpret that. You guys are playing the bad cop, <laughs> keeping the, the tenants out of the Code enforcement always is. Well, I applaud our efforts on, on, your, on behalf of our citizens. Thank you. You're Anything else on the subject? Appreciate the update. Moving on to 5B study session, master fee schedule, impact fees, and cost recovery process. Okay. Okay. Sorry. 
Go ahead. I was just, I'm going to hand this over to Pat and give you the presentation, but quickly I just wanted to remind the council, especially since we have a new council member, that this study session presentation came about from uh, the fact that we, it is in the budget to, and we will be more with updating the master fee schedule and um, circulating an RFP hopefully pretty soon in the next couple months. The impact fees, um, Councilmember Hoffman, he asked a couple months ago um, if we could have some sort of presentation on the impact fees and talk about those and what we can and can't use money for. And then cost recovery process, the mayor, you have brought it up a couple of different times about the process and improvements to the process. So since this is all about fees, we just put it into a three-part presentation for all of you. That, Pat, okay. Temperature and pressure relief valve and a discharge. 
be up, up above the floor, so if there's any paints or paint thinners or anything that might have fumes, um, it won't reach the it won't reach the flame. The bollard is there to keep the car from bumping into the water heater if it's you know at, at the the front end of the car part. The earthquake straps are to keep that thing in place if an earthquake happens, it doesn't fall off. And the uh, the vent on the top is to prevent carbon monoxide from filling the space. So um, so when you pull a permit, you're getting someone to review the permit and you're getting someone to come out and verify that all of these things are in place. And this goes with the roofs and the uh, new plumbing, new electrical, all of that. All right, so the fees in Willows are very low and just, I have one example here that uh, Wyatt pulled for me, he works for multiple cities. And uh, you can see this one for an HVAC permit uh, in Calusa and Orland, they both charge $185. And Willows, we charge $77.60. So this this has to cover the, the countertex time, so, so terrace time, um, and a review that goes along with this. And then there's typically two inspections for, for this. So we're not covering the cost for just the inspections. Um, so these are, these that really needs to be low. <coughs> just like all of our fees need to be raised. All right, the next thing here I have is the, uh, the if you do a new garage, and Calusa, they charge for a garage permit, they charge $696 plus 3% of the project valuation for general plan fee. In Orland, they charge $734 plus 2.5% of the project valuation for the general plan fee. And for those, we charge $471. So again, this, that $471, that has to cover the cost of the, of the plan check and all the inspections that would go along with that garage installation. Okay, I'm gonna move now to the development impact fees. So the Mit Mitigation Fee Act, which is 1600, allows for cities to collect fees to fully offset the cost <coughs> of future public capital facilities and infrastructure needed to meet the, need, the demand of an expanding population. So the benefits of development impact fees is that it doesn't spread the cost of one person or one developer's fees across the whole, to the whole community. It's actually captured by the developer. The developer may pass it on to their future uh, buyers, um, but it's not paid for by the current residents of the community. So some restrictions for development impact fees is that they're collected for public facilities only. And they can, they can fund public facilities or infrastructure as a result of new development. And they cannot be used to repair or uh, to repair existing facilities or infrastructures. It's based, because again, it's based on the needs of an expanding population. Use of the fees must be based on a rational nexus between new development and the needs of growing population. And they, uh, they have to meet the, a nexus study. Through a nexus study, it sort of meters out whether or not the activities that are suggested would also meet the requirements established under 
wastewater store damage. For commercial and industrial, we did not collect that for library, parks, and recreation. The library improvements, currently there's 27,000 new books, and two and a half computer stations. The Parks and Rec improvements currently have 334,783 in that fund. And that's for solar lights for the park, two softball fields, coin token operated softball lights, pathways and parks, bike path, BMX course, more trees and soccer fields, and 14 acres of additional park.
takes a person from, from their idea all the way through to getting approval from the planning commission. So the reasons that these things in the past have been, they're, they're difficult to predict why. So what we do is we, co we collect a deposit based on historical knowledge about how much it takes to get someone a use permit or go through the design review process or do a lot merger. And, and we collect the deposit up front against that money because at some point the person may decide to walk away from the project and then the public is stuck with the cost that was incurred. So we collect money up front to make sure that the money is, is, is captured and then money is sort of the, the cost is is taken away as the hours go by getting this through the planning approval process. And the things that often will cause people to go over is that often people come to the counter and they don't have their project <coughs> flushed out. They'll explain to the staff um, some basics about the project and based on what the explanation is, the staff will respond and say, okay, it should be this much money, we'll do this. But then later we find out that there's actually much more involved. So it's not necessarily that the person's trying to hide anything, it's just that they may not have had the wherewithal of their knowledge to know that they need to really disclose everything so that the, so that the uh, staff can get the full picture and provide an actual estimate of what's going to be done. So it's often people will, will get corrections on their plans, they'll send them back, they get they sent back, they don't do the corrections fully, so then they get sent back again. And then we have things where in the middle of we had one project where it was about to go to um, go to commission, and then the day it was going to commission, they told us that they were going to be expanding the project. So that kind of thing adds on the cost of the project that the person would have to pay. So anyone coming to us with a fully flushed out idea and presenting that fully flushed out idea to the staff to get a better like, understanding of what they're going to need to do to go through the process and also what the cost will be. We're working on some improvements to the cost recovery process, and this is going to be we're putting together a, um, a routing sheet and a checklist to make sure that everyone who needs to look at this and decide has a chance to look at it before it's uh, before the needs of the project are communicated back to the applicant. And we're putting together a, um, a more complete. Uh, we're, we're updating the agreement. We're going to put together a more complete uh, package so that there's a full understanding of what is coming when they do their when they do their project. So um, there's and there's often two steps to a project. One is to get through the planning commission, but then after the planning commission, maybe it has to go to engineering, then it has to go to planning for plans approvals through through those uh, processes. And um, so each of those things takes some time. And so what we're working on is. A, uh, sort of an accountability chain of command so that the applicant will have a full understanding of what's happening, what's coming, and what they can expect, and then at what point there may be additional fees or why those fees might be coming, and then at the point that we do have to ask for more fees, a full disclosure of what has been, um, what, the, what the hours have been counted against the initial deposit, and so we can have a better understanding in general what the whole process is like. And that, oh, um, so the, go 
Thank you, Matt. As always, uh, comprehensive. The permit fees and the cost recovery, do they require a 218 study? Uh, the cost recovery, is a, it's not a 218 study, no, but, but there does have to be a study that provides a true nexus to the future need and the activity for the customer. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No, I should be yours in there. Cost recovery does not require a 218 study. It's, it's, it's basically on, on the hours and time put in by the engineer, the building official, and the planner. Permit fees do though? Permit fees, um, they don't require a 218 study. No, they don't. Um, none, of, none of those items require a 218 study. Uh, master fee schedule updated permit fees um, does require a study. It's not a 218 study, however. Um, it is required to go out and take a look at other communities and surrounding area and kind of what, what is you know a fair accurate amount of a charge for a fee as we stated before you can't make a profit but you have to look at the cost of providing the service and what what the, the city is um, expending on providing those services and evaluate that um, like for contract employees basically or contract time like planner building inspector engineer we can evaluate that and also compare it with um, surrounding cities and markets um, and that study has to be done in order to increase the master fee schedule. Now the cost recovery process, um, I could do a deeper dive on this, but it's my understanding that there, because this is prior to my joining the city, that there actually is, uh, there is either a resolution passed by the council or there's um, um, an aspect in our code that allows for cost recovery of this uh, type of what we're talking about here tonight. Uh, so it is already permitted um, and I can find out exactly where that came from. I only had a verbal conversation with my predecessor about it, explaining how they, um, how the prior administration came up with the cost of recovery program. But it is, I should mention, it's very standard. I mean, when I was a community development director in the city of Arvin, we had a cost recovery program. Uh, Marysville had one. It, it's a pretty standard practice to be able to pay for contract time. And we think we certainly need to take a look at this because based on Pat's example, new garage permit comparison, Willow's charge is $471 based on an $85,000 garage in Orland. The permit fee is $2,859. That's $2,400 more than the permit fee. It's significant. It's and we so, should mention that we've had a number of developers at the counter who said you really need to raise your fees. This is kind of, there's no way this could be paying for your staff and contract time. Right. I don't see how we can do it for him. Seventy one. Questions from the council? Yeah. Uh, so that I like the uh, transparency, the accountability part, right? Uh, I've had very small projects just use permits. And uh, my biggest issue, and a lot of people's biggest issue with the planner, and, and the planner, uh, was asked, what's, what's this do, what's right? What, what am I paying for? Why do I have to pay you a thousand bucks or whatever? Right, small numbers, but compared to other projects. And I would get out a, uh, well, it, it took me a long time to get this, and I finally got out a little invoice and just said, boom, 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 and numbers by And people get upset because a lot of people are paying a lot of money for, for these 
cost you better, you know, whatever it is, which is, which is probably reasonable and makes sense, right? But when you won't tell them what it is for, I got screamed at right in front of there, um, and just said uh, processing, right? Processing doesn't mean anything to me. That means you're not telling me what you're doing. You came up with that number somewhere, right? So I want to know that you came up with that number. What are they for, right? Is that part of the accountability process? Because I feel like that would go a long way in helping people understand um, and be comfortable with all the money going to the uh, contractor. It is, it is, it's definitely part of the process. And currently, we, we do keep, um, uh, the finance manager keeps a spreadsheet. They put down all the hours that are, that are attributed to any one project on the spreadsheet. So it could come from the planner, it could come from the engineer. And, um, and so you'll see these increments of 15 minutes, 30 minutes here, the half an hour here. We're actually, something that we're doing to, um, part of the update is to add more detail. The spreadsheet. So the spreadsheet has been in existence for a little bit. We're adding detail into the spreadsheet going forward, and so it will say it will actually say uh, phone calls or a road staff report um, prepared for the count for the commission meeting, that kind of thing. So it's again, as I said, presentation. It's really difficult to. It, it's it's really not even possible to say what is going to go into it at the beginning. So this is why having. Um, these things written down, having a conversation with the applicant to let them know this is these are the things that, that you'll need to do. And as part of all these things, there's going to be a lot of little things it's going to take to get there. And so um, one of the things we're going to stress is that their active participation in providing full and complete information at the beginning and really paying attention to the corrections that are put on the plans will greatly, or could possibly greatly reduce their costs in the back end. Because, uh, you know, I've been doing this for 30 years, and it's it's very common that the planner and the engineer will make corrections, and they'll give it back to the person, and when they come back, one or two things is corrected. And it's, you know, it's glaring and blatant, and so, and they go back and forth. And so, each time it comes back, it's it has to be reviewed again, and that's more time. So, you know, so just taking the time on their end to make sure that they have it complete all in the beginning is best. But then, at least when they get the corrections back, it'll greatly reduce their cost and their cost. So, if I may, Mr. Mayor and Pat, uh, Casey's point, and I, I, I like the idea of comparing and educating this. I don't like fees as a basis of the revenue. I think fees are, as an offset is a form of revenue, but what I really want is the customer interface component as you improve these things so that the, the customer understands we're there to help, that we're there to enable them to assist. In fact, I'd almost like to have a procedure in this where you or somebody can, can really assist by either waiving or otherwise. So because the cities that are really growing economically and really stretching are making all kinds of concessions to development and, and growth. And that said, again, customer interface, how we do it, you know, I'm here, I can help you, what do you need, uh, you know, we'll work with you, all these kinds of dialogues. I'd like to train the folks that have these interfaces on, on maybe customer interaction skills and customer service so that when they go out there smiling even as they write the check for the increased fees, which I think is what we're looking at here. That's, that's the plan is to increase. 
increase the increase the basic understanding of what's happening so that there's a so they have a good understanding when they embark on their project. And um, and you know, by the way, there's no there are no fees that are collected up until the point that they submit plans. So they come in and ask all the questions they want, that's a pretty Thank you. Mr. Mayor, I have a question for the audience. Can you good folks out there hear us up here and these folks over here? You can hear that fine. No, I can't. You can? No. Barely anybody else? I'm going to have to either not read or have to put on my hearing aids. I mean, they both. So I'm stuck listening and reading. So when you could speak up, I would certainly appreciate it. It sounds like that. I have a couple questions about that. Certainly. Um, thank you for your slideshow here. A lot of effort in that. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but it appears then that we're going back to the 2008 Nexus study. We have not done a Nexus study update since correct. 2008. That's correct. Okay. With that Nexus study, uh, a lot of people complained about increasing the building permit fees and, and so on. In regard to the existing portion of the city, within the city limits, I think the boundaries, if I recall correctly, we're south of Green Street, east of uh, Tehama and Villa, and all the way to the south down to end up to Elm Street. In other words, the fees, the new impact fees, would go into effect for only new construction north of Green Street and south of the canal. Everything else was a gym. So, have we been collecting those fees or not? Have we? for a building permit within those parameters, within that. It's on your last page of your uh, impact, or not your impact fee, not on yours, on the on your uh, fee schedule. It's the very last page of your fee schedule. It's a colored picture with the perimeter of the city of the agenda area. That's it right there. So have we been collecting those fees within those? Because that's the only place our construction has gone on for years. We haven't had any new construction outside the north of Green Street or down to, uh, apart from the, the cheese factory. The um, impact fee. I'm sorry. Um, sorry, the impact fee funds have been um, fairly stable at the current balance that they have. There haven't, hasn't been uh, considerable growth and we've had some of those monies have been in impact fee funds for some time and we, we really need to expend them um, on some of the projects that are identified in the 2008 Nexus study. So there hasn't been huge changes in the balance in the impact fee funds which I think is my way of answering your question which is there hasn't been a lot of activity, you're correct, in this outlying area outside the boundary which is why we have pretty stable impact fee balances that are kind of old now, actually, and they need to be expended. Okay, let me rephrase the question. Obviously, I didn't do it right. We have an exempt area. I know I can probably identify and drive to no less than eight or nine new homes and or bonds that have been put up. Have they, those building permit fees, development fees, have they been exempted within the, that area? I do know what you're asking. I'm sorry. I do know what you're asking. I understand your question, and I honestly can't answer it. We have we we have not been collecting many fees 
at all. They haven't been stagnant, as Marty's just said. But we have we have collected some fees, like um, you know we have the hotel, the restaurants that are over on uh, on uh, Humboldt. Um, I think we'll have to come back with an answer for that one about what number we're collecting fees in that area. Yeah, because if we have been collecting those, they were exempt, so they they should be refunded. I suppose. Um, the reason I want to go back to the 2008 is that when uh, the impact fees were increased back in 2008 based on this impact fee for the uh, then Nexus City, the 2008 Nexus City, it specifically had identified, and I forget the exact amount that was intended to accumulate, but was to finish up the storm drain on Humboldt Avenue. Right now, all we have is a storm drain and a couple of outlets. So my regulation was that impact fee then was increased to be able to put the curb and gutter and possibly the sidewalk down there. However, during the course of everything that goes on, uh, the, those impact fees were taken out of the Humboldt development fee uh, area and then used to build the bridge to help build the bridge on uh, going to the cheese factory. The point I'm getting at is that when we questioned that in 2019 and again in 20, we were told that there was a new nexus study done and that there was a resolution and a city uh, uh, council uh, approval of the transfer of that funds. But I've asked for a copy of that uh, nexus study that was associated with that other people have, and we've never been able to receive that, to see what actual mechanism was used to change that, because the process is, the way I know and understand it, is that if you have an assessment area, a benefit area, you can move those funds around. If you had an area that went from here to here to here, and you determined that you were going to do a storm drain project here, and its development occurred, and development happened over here in that benefit area, benefit assessment area, you can move those funds over here for a like project, but you certainly could not take the money out of the assessment benefit area. And it appears to me that, that those monies, unless somebody can give me the a legal explanation of those funds being removed from the Humboldt uh, project and taken to the south, uh, south of town, that was probably an unlawful so if you, is that something I can rely on you maybe to pull that up for me and see if we can get those? If there is one, we can take a look and see. Okay. You know, I, right. I was not in a position to answer. The other thing, I, and maybe um, you've spent some of these monies, but I'm looking at the 2021 fiscal year impact report here. And some of the numbers that I see are a little bit different. Using fire improvements as an example, and this was done you had $129,990 in it. Currently, you've got $66,000. Did, did we buy a new piece of equipment with that? So, their uh, Chief Peabody was able to purchase a new Type 1 fire I'm engine. Sorry. Chief Peabody used those funds to purchase a new Type 1 fire engine okay. off the state bid list in 2019. You did buy a new engine? Yeah, it was purchased partially with a grant, partially, and I believe they were paying the rest of the lease off with these. That's fine. That's good. Um, for police improvements, this is interesting because at the time that that was adopted, it was planned on 
in mowing one or two of these houses here next door or the big piece back here and building a new police station. Of course, then we, we were the first to uh, defund police uh, way back when. So now I'm asking here, is this lawful that we can change this and use the cost related for the expansion of the sheriff's office that may be necessary to accommodate services associated with the city of Columbus? Is that a lot? Does the next study allow us to change that from building a new police uh, facility and, and be able to use it to expand the sheriff's office? I'm not arguing that we do that. I just want to make sure that that's lawful. I took these. I took these from the latest engineers report. I took all of this information from the latest engineers report that John presented to council in December of 22. And what he put in there was that because there is no longer a police a police department in the city, that we could use that towards, um, again, it can't just be used to pay for the contract, but it could be used to pay for uh, the needs of, of uh, public safety based on the growth of a population. Okay. But I would suggest to you that there needs to be a formal process of findings, new findings that allow us to make that transfer. Not just the staff report, but it actually has to be presented to the council. New findings have to be determined, and then a modified nexus study for lack of better. The other thing I noticed here that you said here on your fees cannot be used for maintenance or repair of existing facilities and infrastructure. I questioned this about a year or two ago, and this is not to suggest that I would be opposed to upgrading air conditioning and using the library is a uh, cooling facility. However, as you point out here, that the fees cannot be used for maintenance or repair to the existing facility. But if I recall correctly, last year, the council agreed to take 25,000, 28,000, I don't remember exact figure, and do maintenance repair on the air conditioner. By your statement here, that sounded like an illegal activity or an unlawful that it was not allowed to use for uh, existing facilities, the repairs of existing facilities or infrastructure deficiencies. So I don't mind if we put new air conditioning in there and use it for a cooling facility, but it sounds like it should have been something that came out of the general fund as opposed to that piece of the library. I'm unaware of that. Okay. Can you check into that point, please? Thank you. The other thing I'm concerned about here, and again, not that I, I don't want to lose these funds. The short math here is that we've got somewhere north of a million four hundred thousand dollars in all of those impact fees, those, those particular accounts. The problem that I do have, and I'll fix some history here, uh, in my legislative days, uh, this was a topic that I had to present to the uh, local government for the state senate, so I had to do some quite a bit of research and better understanding of this, this particular process. And what it says here in the law, existing law requires the local agencies after each fiscal year to make public, to make public and to review specified information about each of those accounts for funds, including the amount of fees that are collected and the amount of expenditures on each public improvement for that fiscal year. If a local agency does not comply with the above described disclosure requirements for three consecutive years, existing law 
prohibits the local agency from requiring a person to make a specified deposit and requires the local agency to pay for the audit. And if this went on consecutively for three years, they have to do through every year that they collected the fees and do an audit. This, the admission here with this, uh, this last one that we've done, we have never provided those annual reports or the five-year reports. We did one in uh, December of this uh, 22. John Landers brought one to the city council. Every you year. did it in 22. I've been asking for these reports since 2010. I can get those for you. They are online. They're, they're, they're brought to council every year around December. I can get those for you, but they are brought to council every year around December. They're online. Going back beyond this one, previous, online. That's what John had told me that he's brought this every year. He, uh, when I, I started here on Halloween, and so I was still pretty new in December. John told me that he does this every year in December. I've not been able to find those online. The only, and the response that I got back from the then finance director was that those were approved in the budget process. That's, they're not the same as the report that was required. Not, it's an engineer's report that's required. I'm sorry? It's an engineer's report that's required. An engineer's report. Okay. What it says specifically in here is, and then I'll condense the process here shortly so everybody understands. Section 6001D 6, provides that each fifth year fiscal year following the first deposit of each public improvement account or fund. For every five years thereafter, the agency must make the following findings for the remaining uh, for the remaining development fee account. Identify all sources of the amounts of the funding anticipated to complete financing uh, to complete the financing of incomplete improvements identified in the next study. Designate the approximate dates for which the funding referred to is expected to be deposited into the appropriate account. If the agency fails to make these findings, it must refund the undisbursed monies to the owner of record for the project uh, originally contributing for the project sites originally contributing to the funds. Similarly, when the sufficient funds have been collected to the financing of the public improvements contained in the capital improvement program or project, the public agency within 180 days of collection of those required funds shall identify the approximate date which those improvements, public improvements, must be commenced and completed. Failure to comply with this requirement also mandates the return of the collected fees. But let me condense what this says. So the first year, within the next study, you identify a project, let's say for conversation, say $100,000. For we're a little off topic here. I think your, your questions are very valid. This was a presentation. I think it would be better for staff to, to actually have this conversation so they have some answers prepared for you and, and hear your responses. Okay. I'll I'll time. The problem that I've got is we're adopting or suggesting. This is just a study session. Pardon? This is a study session. So we're not adopting anything. Okay. Well, in, in the future. 
legislative session. So since we're studying this, I think it's important to understand that once these fees are collected, you have to do an annual report that shows how much money you've collected and where and if you've spent it. On the fifth year, you have to do the math and say, if you've raised $100,000, you have to, within 120 days, start that project that that money was earmarked for. What the law allows for, if you haven't raised enough money, let's assume you've only got 90000 of that 100000 you can't move forward with the project. The law allows you to take the sixth year to raise the remaining amount of money. You can sell the antique fire truck, you can have babysitters, you can do whatever you want to do, but you can't raise the fees. At the end of the sixth year, if you have not raised enough money to complete that project that you've collected the money for, you have to abandon the project and return the money back to the property owners that own the property that that money was extracted from. So if this is a study session, my concern is that we have a report that was done, a fiscal year-end report of the mitigation fees that says that the council, the, the council of the city rules hereby determines that all reportable fees, collections, and expenditures have been received, deposited, invested, and ex expended in compliance with government code, et cetera, et cetera. What are you reading from? Just one minute, and then just one minute. That the city council of Willows hereby determines that no refund allocations are reported. So my concern is if we move forward and we want to use these funds, I want to make sure that we have properly have the findings that allow us to legally continue to use those funds for the projects that we're here for. They, these projects have not been completed, they've not been done. The law says the money has to be refunded if you have the other project. So that's something. Thank you, Mr. Mayor. Yeah, Mr. Mayor, just to go quickly, uh, thank you very much, Pat, for the uh, very informative report and presentation tonight. And uh, I agree with, with, with Rick, and, you know, and of course, uh, our city manager is to the fact that it's included in the budget for a complete review of our uh, master fee schedule, which is, as we, we know, is long overdue. So thank you very much for bringing us back to the number four, Pat. Uh, and as a reminder, they are pass-through costs just to cover staff time on these projects. That's all it is. And you outline uh, the reasons why uh, this needs to be done very, very well. So thank you very much. Uh, the uh, last couple of pages of your presentation, I think, are probably, uh, aside from the, uh, you know, our, our master piece schedule, which is extremely low compared to our sister cities, it needs to be uh, updated, definitely. Uh, but the uh, developing new contract agreement just to better explain the cost recovery process and fees to the applicants and establishing a more detailed description checklist of services and activities providing greater accountability to the applicants and developing standardized routing and workflow system to ensure internal accountability with our city planners, city engineer finance, etc. So, uh, very good. I think those are uh, needs, needs to be done, and uh, I'm pleased to hear that. Uh, we budgeted that, we've discussed it for some time, and Marty is a that that will commence in a couple of months with our RFP. So, very good news. So, thanks again. That's all I have, Mr. Mayor. Marty said, Marty. Anybody in the audience? Hearing none, um, you'll be
be moving forward with an RFP for the for the uh, master fee schedule. Is that yes, correct? Do we have an idea when that might go out? It's my intention to write that before I leave. Awesome, thank you. Anything else? We'll move to uh, item number six, public comment consent calendar forum. All matters on the consent calendar are considered routine and approved by one vote and one vote. Unless council member and city manager request that matters be removed for discussion and action. Anybody wishing to address the council on any of these matters are welcome to do so at this time. Do you have anything else to add? If it's not on the agenda, you can speak to it, but we are unable to respond until it's further agenda. Anybody in the public have a comment? Come on up. Mr. Mayor, Kathy Gilmore. Um, Mr. Mayor, Kathy Gilmore. Um, I was given the opinion that Marty works for, or the new council works for you as city council and not for the for Marty Brown, yet she sits next to Ms. Brown during this meeting every week or every other week. Um, they said they're chatting and the lady attorney has to ask to have questions repeated every time you ask one. And I ask that maybe they be separated during the meeting so that she may pay more attention to what the council is speaking. That's all I have. Thank you. Thank you. Anybody else? Please come forward.
They, were, they spoke and were staring at me and my family as I was completely distraught, just laughing at us. To see the people who are supposed to help us and protect us treat us like criminals and laugh as I'm sobbing holding my child was completely unprofessional and completely devastating. We then asked about getting access to our cats. He then said he could care less if our family cats pass away, that it is not his problem. If they are willing to let an innocent infant go hungry without medic or with go hungry and without her medications and allow family pets to go without food or water, the basic necessities to survive, what does that say for our community? What does it say about those who pay, are paid large sums of money to protect and serve? If there's any considerations of renewing the contract with the sheriffs, they should be retrained. They should be taught how to have empathy for other human beings. To be treated like I was in front of my daughter was completely horrifying and 100% unacceptable. Thank you for your time and listening to me speak. I appreciate all of you. Appreciate you coming. Thank you. Anyone else? Pleasure of the council with regard to the consent bill. Mr. Mayor, move to approve the consent calendar as presented. Second. Any discussion by council? All those in favor signify by saying aye. 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 Item number seven, public hearing. We debate special assessment. Chief Muffin. Good evening, council members. This is the last step in a multi-month process for the annual meeting. We had a public hearing uh, on May 23rd uh, for the protest of the uh, abatements. We went through and did a, uh, a third uh, survey where we went through and marked on the properties that hadn't uh, abated. This year was a difficult year for reabatement. Uh, it's been a long time since we've had spring rain and early summer rain. Um, so I know that uh, there was quite a few uh, people that called the station that were upset when they got their bills, uh, you know, swearing up and down, sending the invoices of their property that they had paid somebody to come out in April or May to cut it, and then went back through and saw the pictures, and a lot of that grass was back five, six feet tall. And that is one of the conditions, is that uh, not only did they abate it, but that they maintain it. Uh, so tonight is the uh, public hearing that offers the property owners opportunity to protest uh, the charges, uh, not necessarily whether or not the debate was justified, uh, but I'm honestly not I'm not sure if you can change that or not. Um, and the recommendation is that at the end of the public hearing, you guys um, consider whoever comes up in their case um, and then adopt the resolution that, they, that states that uh, if the bills are not paid, that uh, we will place them as a Okay, so I open the public hearing and it's 8.07. Anybody have any comments they'd like to make? Yeah, I would. So I got a bill for $1,800. Please approach the mic first if you would. Yes, I would like to. Like to make so okay. <laughs> My big mouth can't hear me. <laughs> so I got a bill for $1,800.61 for a lot that's uh, supposedly uh, four foot wide by 39 foot, 39 feet, four inches. 
The only thing that was there was a few weeds and the tree was overgrown over the fence. Uh, so I talked to Chief Cohen about it. Uh, he sent me the pictures and in my opinion, uh, I, he has sent me another invoice for $401, which I don't think I should need to pay because I just walked the alley, the same alley that's in my, where I live. <clears throat> There's trees overgrowing, going into the alleyway. There's grasses, the same thing, but he's charging me, but nobody else, and nobody else got their stuff bushwhacked. So I don't think I should have to. Tawny, T-A-W-N-I, Smith. I have been there five years, never had a problem with this weed abatement. And all of a sudden this year you got a new contractor. The property next to me belongs to uh, Mr. McCorkle out of the, big, out of the LA area. <coughs> Grass is this tall. Myself and the neighbor next south of me, we go do a 10, 10 foot wide uh, barrier to keep that grass down to the ground so that we, in case if somebody goes by with a, with a lighter or a cigarette, doesn't catch my house on fire. I lose my house, but I'm getting, I'm getting hit with an $1,800 bill, now $400 some odd dollar bill. I don't think it's right. The ten, the ten foot I go down by the, the uh, south side of my fence, 
which is probably, well, that's a narrow, narrow uh, lot. So, is this the truck that you were talking about? No. <laughs> that's somewhere else. I mean, I agree it has to be done because that, like, that open lot next to me, that's a fire hazard. That place, that has scared me since I've lived there. So I took it upon myself to go and do a 10 foot wide fire barrier that down to the ground, I take it. This year, four times I had to weed eat because as soon as I get it done, the grass would be this tall again. That's my understanding, but I don't know 
Yes, Mr. Mayor, Chief Monk is absolutely correct. The purpose of this hearing is simply to discuss the cost of abatement of these. We took previous action reference to ordering the, on the protest and the council ordered the abatement of salary on May 23rd, 2023. So, yeah, thank you very much for coming forward. Yeah, I'll just, I'll just. Yeah, you're glad you did. And Chief, you just answered my second question, which you dropped it down from the little over $1,800 down to the minimum abatement charge, already at 40625, correct? You just said that? Yes. Okay, very good. Okay, thank you. Does that include administrative fees, 25% administrative fees? No, so the minimum charge is $325, and then the city adds on the $25 administrative fee to help cover the office time to the people that come in, the invoices and all the other stuff. Sure, sure. So the minimum baseline fee is $325 less the admin fee, correct? Plus. Plus. Right, well, less. Right, I mean, $325 plus you have the 25% admin fee. Three basic costs, 40625. Very good, thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Mr. Mayor, that's all I have. Okay, I'll talk to you later, Chief. Thank you. Anybody else? So did you guys, I think you guys have to take action whether or not. Well, I have to close the public hearing. Oh, okay. I'll close the public hearing at 8-17. Pleasure of the council. Mr. Mayor, I have a couple of questions. I know that the year that, I can't remember the contract period, it was Myers, suing the contractor before he replaced him with another contractor at that time. And that was a pretty extensive endeavor. And the problem was that the gentleman that we had before was not licensed and was not answered. And then last year, correct me if I'm wrong, Fire Chief, the contractor that he used this year for the media abatement was not the same one as last year. It was not the same one as last year. Last year was Tapia. The research that I did on the last one as well, he was not licensed. Normally for media abatement, that type of thing, you don't have to have a contractor's license. But as a result of that, you can't check to see if they carry general liability and workers' comp. Are we comfortable that this contractor has workers' comp and general liability insurance? And the reason I ask that is if anybody is working on their piece of property and gets injured, if he's an employee of the company that did the media abatement and gets injured and he's not covered with workers' comp, the property owner ends up being responsible for any injury that that person might have had. So my question is, are we sure that we have workers' comp and general liability with this contractor? I don't know the exact specifics, but I do know that Burr Construction, he doesn't have any. So Burr Construction, well, Burr, he doesn't have any employees. He's an owner-operator. So he did it all himself? Yeah, him and then he's got his adult child. His kid is an adult, so I'm not exactly 100% sure. I can't say that I've seen their workers' comp insurance policy. I'm sorry. I said I can't say that I have seen their workers' comp insurance policy. I'm not 100% sure. I mean, I can ask to see if I can see or if he needs it. So if I'm hearing you correctly, we don't know for sure if this contractor that did this media abatement had workers' comp. And he did have employees, or did he do the work himself? He did the work himself with one of his children. One of them? Yes. 
check into that and yeah. sure that we okay. the shop, but just I, be aware in the future because if we send them out and do this and they they lose an eye, let's say, using the feed weapon or whatever they end up doing, and they're not covered with workers' comp, the property owner ends up being liable for that, that injury. Did you say that uh, the last year's we a contractor did not have a, uh, a contractor's license? He did not have a contractor's license. He said he was licensed, but he did not show up on the website with a contractor's license. The contractors under those the, those names, that, that same name that he had, I'm sorry, I can't remember the name, uh, but I do recall one of them was in West Covina and the other one in Pasadena, but I'm not mistaken, under the same, same business name. Okay, I'll check into that as well. Right. Thank you. Mr. Mayor, if I may, uh, I believe the gentleman said his name was Mr. Smith, and, and I believe. Uh, yeah, I, I've never met him that I know of. Uh, it'd be within our, our purview to uh, you know, eliminate the 25% administrative fee, and we have done that in a, in a handful of cases in the past when individuals have. have uh, attended the public hearings and stated their case. He did allude to the fact that uh, there was a neighboring property that he's uh, abated uh, uh, 10 or 12 feet. He said, uh, I believe he said four times this year, and some, uh, eliminating some weeds. I would be comfortable with uh, eliminating 25% administrative fee in reference to this matter, this single matter, uh, with uh, the, uh, a payment to uh, ask of him for an amount of $325, which is the minimum fee. As, as Chief alluded, uh, $406.25 is the minimum fee, which includes the 25% uh, admin fee. If it's, uh, my colleagues agree, I, I would not have a problem with reducing uh, the amount of money uh, asked of this gentleman to $325. I would support that. I would agree. <clears throat> and we you need a motion call for the resolution we need a resolution so I assume the resolution would uh, include the reduction by 25 for this one now for the one guy is that correct is that procedurally correct that we can do the overall uh, uh, motion resolution to assign liens against these others and exclude this one to the extent of 25% of the team. Yes. I think the two actions. Yeah, we were doing the, prior to this, we were doing the charge plus a 25% administrative fee, and that's what we did last year. And uh, when I took the program over from Chief Eli, uh, that was one of the things that he said that they always got was at the administrative fee. <laughs> yes. what he's asking the council to do by uh, resolution. There would be, in this case, a separate resolution for this one matter because the uh, one gentleman did, Mr. Smith, did appear. So there would be the 325 for this uh, gentleman and then by resolution, the rest or the remaining properties. Would we be able to just amend the exhibit? That was my next question for Chief. Thank you. I didn't hear the question. Oh, 
amendment resolution. Or do two. With the one person.
be involved and take over the negotiations for um, a new contract. So here we are, and we're starting that process now. Um, we're getting started underway, and um, since there really isn't anyone at you know City Hall with the expertise to negotiate a late law enforcement contract, it's, you know it's somewhat complicated. It's a 24/7 operation and services, and the cost allocation of time obviously there's the sheriffs that are also working out in the county. How all of those moving parts work exactly is somewhat complex. Um, so the recommendation is to hire city gate associates who have um, experts and professionals on their team who have a lot of the law enforcement background as well as the expertise to work through the cost allocation and levels of service that the city would need and make a recommendation to the council and if necessary um, help assist with uh, negotiating the um, new contract with the sheriff's office. So that's the recommendation before you, and then that concludes my presentation. Unless you have any questions for me. Members of the council, comments. I'm sorry. Um, thank you, Mr. Mayor. I have a full disclosure here. I'm the sheriff with the council and those in earshot. My recent activity in regard to this matter. Um, after I was appointed, uh, I contacted the sheriff and asked if we could have lunch so that I could better understand uh, some of what he provides and so on, and some of the statistical data about the types of crimes we have. If you'll recall, one of my uh, articles that I wrote a few years ago talked about us having a D minus crime rate. Uh, by agencies that follow that type of thing, compared to, I think at that time, Orland had a B or B plus rating. Uh, the other cities around us had better, much better uh, ratings than Willows did. So I had lunch with the sheriff and uh, his uh, under sheriff, and we discussed this matter a little bit closer so that I could have a better understanding. Subsequent to that, um, I came into the city council and spoke with Ms. Brown and received some information that the sheriff provided uh, the council to take a look at. And that is somewhat confidential, so I've not shared that, that particular information. But the point is, and I'm sure that there was no malicious intent, but the, the city manager was very clear in the fact that this item was discussed in closed session disguise of, of uh, employee evaluation with the idea then, if I understood her correctly, that she was then being able to give direction on how to handle this situation in the future. Later in the day, you'll recall Mr. Mary and I talked on the phone and you likewise confirmed that it was held in procession, but it was not reported, it was not identified on the agenda as a discussion with the Sheriff's Department, and it was not reported out. Your reasoning for that, albeit probably pretty um, laudable, was that you didn't want to alarm the public of those kinds of discussions. The problem with that, I have with that, and again, I don't, I don't accuse you of any intentional intent to hide information from the public, but nevertheless, the public was not aware that we were negotiating or that the council was discussing this matter with the sheriff's office. The problem is that the Brown Act is very clear that the 
city council shall not determine what is good and not good for the public to know. And further than that, another law says that in, in regards to the agenda items, at least 72 hours of regular session of the legislative body of a local agency or its designee shall post an agenda containing a brief general description of each item of business on, to be contracted or discussed at the meeting, including items of closed session. And it goes on to say here that prior to holding the closed, meeting closed session, the legislative body of the local agency shall disclose in an open meeting the item or items to be discussed in closed session. The closed session, in the closed session, the legislative body may consider only those items covered in its statement. After the closed session, the legislative body shall reconvene open into open session prior to the adjournment and shall make any disclosures of action uh, taken during the closed session. It goes on and on. I, don't, I won't worry you with any more of that other than just be able to say how this is the uh, manual from League of Cities that talks about this very thing as well. Specifically says the legislative body is authorized to meet in closed session only to the extent expressly authorized in the Brown Act. Without specifying authority in the Brown Act for a closed session, a matter to be considered by only uh, the legislative body must be discussed in public. An example, using this as an example, the Board of Police Commissioners cannot meet in closed session even though some matters are sensitive, sensitive and the commission considers their disclosure to be contrary to the best of the public interest. The point is, I'm concerned about that particular portion of this whole thing, but the previous discussions on this particular item were held in closed session. The other thing, though, I've taken it upon myself after reviewing what this company was going to do. Where did that go? I'm sorry. Um, it says here's what they do. They will review the proposed sheriff's department contract, extensive detail of the plan for services, interview the sheriff's department leadership to deeply understand the services, approach the approach and cost detail, including backup detail to justify the components of the cost, the personnel, and the vehicles, and the dispatch, etc. I would suggest to you that all it does is, I did here, is pull up the statistics put out by the FBI and compare the, the costs associated with uh, police protection within surrounding cities and the, their uh, ability to curtail crime. And I'll use a couple of these as an example. The town of Gridley, for instance, Gridley has, oops, sorry, that's exclusive. Gridley, I'm sorry. Um, are we negotiating at this point in time? We're not negotiating. I'm suggesting that we don't negotiate, that we do not need to hire this company, that we can, in fact, do our own assessment and talk directly to the sheriff, provide, have him provide his costs associated with providing protection to the city. And then we do an up or down vote and agree to it. It should not be a negotiated item. It should be a matter of fact. And again, what we can do is look at the statistics of the surrounding cities and see where we have more law enforcement on the streets, 
crime is down, where they have fewer law enforcement uh, personnel on the streets, crime goes up. That's simple deduction from my perspective. We don't need to pay $34,000 to uh, determine what we need here in the city. Determine that ourselves. We can then work with the sheriff. It should not be a negotiation. It should be an actual cost. I don't have a problem negotiating how many potholes we fix next year or how many hours do we keep the library. Those types of things probably could be negotiated and reviewed. But when it comes to law enforcement, law enforcement is the first and foremost purpose of government. Those are the people that we should take care of. So my proposal, if you're looking for a motion, or I can wait for a motion, but I would say that we reject this particular offer for the, this particular study, and that we, in fact, continue to work with the sheriff, get his numbers on his assessment, to provide more than adequate protection for the city's citizens of Willows, and then we can take a look at it. And up, and up. So when you're ready for a motion, that those would be my Mr. Huntley. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, I disagree with this as well. Uh, I, the way negotiations are drawn, and trust me, I, I, when we all got the email, I was very upset. Uh, I was ready to go to war, literally. Gotta get calmed down on the line. Everything's gonna be okay, right? Uh, you know, upon further, just, just trying to relax and trying to figure everything out. Uh, you know, we all work super hard. I know I've worked hard. A lot of people in the public work hard to get the pool fixed, to get you know recreation back, to get things going. Right? Um, this giant budget increase basically wipes out all that, and we everything I did since November is gone. Right? Uh, so that's frustrating. Right? I think if we spend money on this, there's nothing to stop. Sheriff Gibbs from saying that's great, awesome, this is still what I need. And there's nothing you could really say to that. I say, well, I paid $34,000 to tell you something different, and it doesn't mean nothing. And it doesn't need to be. Uh, I think this is a great opportunity to keep our current budget, work with the sheriff. Uh, I've reached out to as many people as, as Mr. Sprague, uh, and work on getting our city police back, um, you know, start, start saving this $34,000. Uh, you know, there, there's multiple ways. I know the sheriff's in favor. Um, I don't think the sheriff's department wants to do this anymore. Um, I think we need to start moving forward in a direction that works for all of us, county-wide, uh, city-wide, and every dollar should be spent towards that, working with the sheriff's department, working with other city police departments. If you start small, you know, whatever it takes, um, start from there. and. Keep going, whether it's developing with impact fees and building, you know, eventually we'll need a police department. Uh, there's a lot of stuff going on, but the initial starting costs aren't this big boogeyman that, that everybody thinks it's going to be, you know, speaking with everybody else. So uh, I'm against this just because I think it's a waste of money. Um, I understand that the thought process behind it, but I don't think, you know, even if the numbers are the numbers that's for said, you know, it is what it is. He's saying what he needs, and that's what he says that's what he needs. No one, it doesn't matter what someone uh, so that's why I be all of that. Who's next? Oh, Mr. Mayor. Yeah, yeah, thank you. Uh, I do agree with uh, Mr. Sprague's comments in reference to 
providing law enforcement services, public safety, police and fire, right? Law enforcement services are the number one priority of the city council or board of supervisors. Uh, those are, you know, obviously much needed services. I, I won't expand on that. I, I spent my, my lifetime in, uh, in law enforcement, so I know, how to, I know what the score is there. And therefore, I'm a, a, you couldn't find a larger supporter of, of law enforcement or public safety than myself anywhere. I would, I would guarantee you that. Uh, I believe that uh, utilizing the uh, services of a well-qualified firm and well-qualified individuals who represent Citygate Associates would, uh, would be fair to not only the City of Wills, but also to the Glen County Sheriff's Office. Uh, we uh, completed a five-year contract with the Sheriff's Office, initiated in 2017, ended as uh, our City Manager alluded in uh, June 30th of 2022. However, we, uh, 2022. Then we had a one-year extension. Sheriff Gibbs, uh, evening sheriff, glad to hear you see, uh, uh, asked uh, for a one-year extension, which we approved, I believe it was in January or February of this year. Uh, and uh, just to be fair and make sure that we are providing the, the best and, and the most reliable and the most adequate law enforcement services that we can to the residents and the visitors of the city of Willows, utilizing the sheriff's office contract uh, uh, moving forward. I really do believe that extending uh, these funds, $34,000 for this program is the right thing to do. I don't uh, go around wanting to recommend to spend money uh, you know, just uh, fruitlessly. I, I really do think that this would benefit not only the city of Willows, but uh, uh, Glen County Sheriff's Office and, uh, and the county of as a whole, just, just to make sure, you know, as Marty alluded, uh, you know, I, I, I was a, I managed, I was a chief of a, a 136 uh, state uh, personnel, 136 personnel in state law enforcement agency with a $16 million budget, okay? Before that, I spent 17 years working right here in, in Glen County law enforcement, a uh, number of those as a supervisor. I uh, know quite a bit about budgeting, I know uh, a lot about law enforcement. However, however, uh, you know, I, I still think we need, we need the expertise brought, brought forward to help us negotiate a solid contract, an affordable contract and a fair contract for, again, the Sheriff's Office and the City of Wells, uh, providing the utmost, you know, excellent, excellent police services. So I really think we need the help moving forward. And this is, as I said, a well-qualified firm. I don't believe it's a waste of money. I think it's something we should do. If, uh, if the sheriff had, had his, I don't want to put you on the spot, Sheriff Gibbs. If, if you have something to say, I'd be, I'd be happy to, to hear it. But uh, uh, I understand you, you'd rather not comment. That's your prerogative. But uh, if, uh, you know, if you thought that we didn't need these funds, like I say, Justin, I don't want to put you on the spot. I just, you know, just throw that out. So that's all I have. That's all I have, Mr. Mayor. At this point, I'm, I'm uh, thank you. Thank you, sir. I wasn't dressed appropriately for this. I mean, you're here with the sheriff's assistant. Oh, no, thank you. No, thank you for a moment, please. No, anyway, so, but thank you. Like I said, just in order to put you on the spot, but thank you. Thank you very much. But at this point, I'm in favor of doing this just for the, you know, so we can, so we can dial it in and provide the, 
the best services uh, for our citizens, the, the services, the law enforcement services that our citizens deserve, and, and that we can afford. So that's all I have, Mr. Mayor. Thank you. Uh, thank you, Mr. Mayor. I am truly, truly challenged by all of this. Um, I uh, want the very best police service, sheriff service in the city of Willows for the people of Willows. And it needs to be fair to the people of Willows. And to me, fair is efficient. It is done at, the, at an expense that is within reason uh, for the services provided. Casey, if I heard you correctly, you said essentially you don't support using an expert with, uh, in negotiating, knowledgeable, educated negotiators, because in the end, it won't matter that we really have no choice in this, that whatever the sheriff wants, the sheriff will get. That's kind of what I heard you say. So I don't know that I well, would not support having an outside help or investigation. Who among us here can negotiate a police or sheriff contract? I can't. I cannot sit down and talk. I know you can, but you're, you're actually, in this case, you're, we're negotiating with you. So uh, um, I, we have a responsibility to the citizens of Willows to do this at the most efficient and, and fair, equitable level we can. This is a massive increase in the cost of police service for the city of Willows. Huge. And, and uh, I, I, I very much think that we need expert help. To, to, to work with the sheriff, to get a good deal for the sheriff and for the sheriff's department, and to get a good deal for the people of Willows, and one we can afford because as of right now, I don't know how we're gonna pay for the deal if, we, if indeed it comes out the way it was presented to us. Thank you. Okay. Um, first I'll address the the issue of why it was on the agenda the way it was, while we were in council on June 30th, uh, the city was delivered a letter from the sheriff that said that uh, they were going to provide limited service come January, July 1, and that our contract was terminated 30 days later. That, on the eve of a holiday weekend, after 5 o'clock on the 30th of June, that, like you, created great consternation, anger, and fear, and disbelief. Uh, with the sheriff saying he wanted to negotiate a contract, I know for a fact that our city manager has reached out to him multiple times prior to uh, June, all to have those reach outreaches ignored, waiting for our city to uh, instigate a negotiation. Um, I don't necessarily think that the sheriff act has been fake at this point in time leading up to that his numbers then um, almost 1.2 million dollars more than what we had agreed to on the floor and what was under agreement with uh, sheriff warren so i think we have to have this to make sure that we have a fair uh, understanding of what policing services actually should be because I'm not, I know the city manager and the uh, undersheriff had a good working relationship. And um, my concern for the city's citizens of Willows and us ability to meet our budget and still provide the recreation and the other things that, that the city so requires is, is critical mass and we're in a tough situation. Um, I too desire to have quality 
police services. I would like us to be able to come to reasonable terms for us to move forward, maybe negotiate some sort of increasing costs, but that has not yet, uh, from my perspective, been received. So uh, I would support having the contract with this firm to help us understand what that rules are. May I address one issue you brought up? Certainly. The increase of one point two million dollar increase over the last contract. Is that what I understood? That's what his number presented. Okay. I uh, again out of full disclosure, I met with the two supervisors, uh, Mr. Yoder, of course, represents the same constituency that we do. And uh, Mr. Arnold, of course, is, is used to live here in Willows or Northeast Willows and still very familiar with this. So I understand on this and what I would understand, and I'll certainly let these gentlemen correct me if I misunderstood. But apparently from their perspective, the last several years of the contract that was negotiated by the previous uh, sheriff fell short by over a million dollars of actual covering the actual cost to provide the police service force here in the city of Willows. So it wasn't like my view wasn't like the sheriff was trying to gouge or increase the cost other than capture the cost associated with it because it would be inappropriate. In fact, I would suggest it would be considered a gift of public funds for the Glen County to continue to subsidize a municipal town, city, incorporated city. If we were part of at large the county and we weren't incorporated, maybe it would be appropriate for the sheriff to provide our services. But since we are incorporated, um, we are independent of the uh, budget for the uh, uh, sheriff's office through the county, and therefore they should be able to recapture the actual costs associated with providing us the police force. That's my understanding. I open it up to these gentlemen to correct me if I misstated what I understood, and that's what I understand. Anybody else like to speak? Just want to remind the council that we on the agenda is a consultant contract, not That's true. the other contract. So That's true. we need to agendize the other contract if the council would like to discuss that. And I, I appreciate the reminder. Thank you. Anybody on the uh, subject of entering into this contract with CityGate? Joe. Good evening. Um, so my thought on all this, I've spent the kind of last couple of weeks thinking a lot about it and kind of going over all my head. And we're in a really crap situation, we just say that, I guess. But it doesn't make sense to pay somebody. I have to I agree with Casey. And again, I'm a supporter of police, sheriffs, all of that. It's great. We need them. I want a great, you know, committee outreach with sheriffs, with police, all that. So I'm not trashing them or bad mouth them anyway. Um, but it doesn't make sense to hire a firm that's going to say this or this, but in the end, it doesn't matter. I mean, we have to look at it. It's just, I mean, throw the money away. Save every time, just throw the money away and sign a contract, do what they want. It's, we're in that situation now, if, especially if we go with spending that money to have it looked at like that. Save the city of money. Thank you.
I'm Marlena Sparkman, a citizen of Willows, business owner in Willows. Um, I know several of you on the Glen County Board or Glen County Business Association with a couple of you. Um, I would assume that one of the number one jobs of the city council is to keep the citizens of Willows safe. And in thinking of that, it would be law enforcement, whether it's a police department or the sheriff's department. And so my first question would be, why are we waiting a month after the expiration of the contract to start wandering about getting a contract to negotiate with the sheriff if the contract is already expired. To me, that makes no sense. That's kind of like closing the barn door after the horse is out, right? Shouldn't we have started worrying about this like six months ago? So why aren't we worried about our citizens and our safety? Because it's not the sheriff's responsibility it's the city council's responsibility, and it also should be staff's responsibility because if the contract is going to expire, wouldn't it be in their, in their calendar to say, hey, Mayor Thomas, this contract is expiring. We need to do something because if it expires and Sheriff Gibbs doesn't renew it, we have no one to protect our citizens, and isn't that what's most important? It's not who likes who, it's not who's gonna work with who, it's not who wants $34,000 spent or not, it's who's gonna protect us from the people stealing our cars and stealing our gas and all the bad things that are happening, right? It's, right. it's the lawbreakers. But I don't hear anybody really talking about that. What I hear is the po political BS you talking about about Justin people worried about the $34,000, which is a waste because she gets a lot of money to do her job, but yet she wants to spend $34,000 with a company that's not located in Glen County to, to do something that I know, you have an MBA, you should be able to figure out whether we should spend money and sit down and talk to Justin and say, how do we work this out? because we're friends and we're neighbors and we're coworkers. And how do we put the safety of our citizens first? Because isn't that what's most important? But I don't hear anybody saying that. I don't hear anybody saying, we've had a couple of people shot in our county in the last year. The crime is on the rise around here. And I don't think it's because of the sheriff. It's because it's on the rise all over. But nobody seems to be talking about that. We're worried about some contract that nobody was worried about six months ago, and they should have been. Shame on us. Because we waited until the contract with the sheriff was expired, and now we're going to worry about it? If we were not the city, and we were in a private sector, what would happen if you were at Thunder Hill? You'd be in trouble. Somebody would be like, David, you're not doing your job right. Huh? And so we're not. We're not doing our job right. If we're trying to do a contract 
when it's already expired. And it's $34,000 waste. If you're at Thunder Hill or you're at Timio's and you're expected to do your job and you're qualified, because I know your qualifications and I know your qualifications and now I know yours, you guys are capable of sitting down with Justin and figuring this out. Nobody wants to do it, everybody wants to fight. You guys need to remember what this is about. This is about the safety. It's about my safety when I go to my office and I go in early in the morning and if there's no sheriff in town, who's gonna protect me? Do I gotta call my husband and have him come down with a gun and make sure I get in safe? Because you're not gonna do it. You're not gonna show up and make sure I'm okay. And if Justin doesn't have the finances to do it, who's gonna do it? Is Marty gonna do it? She doesn't give a shit. She lives in Marysville. Right? So you guys are losing what's important here. It's not about that contract that you want me to talk about. It's the safety of the people that live in our community. It's not about wasting $34,000. We need to remember it's about the safety of our community. Thank you. She touched on something I was going to say. I believe that um, Chapter 2 of the Municipal Code is attached to the city manager's um, employment contract, and it says that it's to deal with contracts that belong to the city. And she's honest enough to say on the last of this paper that she's not capable of doing the job. She says no city staff has the experience to to do a contract. So we're already paying somebody to take care of this negotiation and it's not getting done, so. Senator, District 4, Supervisor. My concern is if we go into a contract with $34,000, what are you gentlemen going to do come July 31st when the sheriff has given you uh, a, uh, a letter saying that he's going to eliminate services or, or drop services dramatically? Um, how are you going to uh, justify that with your constituents? Yeah, they are my constituents also. Um, I, uh, I, as I had talked to the, the mayor about, is, is I have to believe in the process. That's, that's, that's what I need to do. Uh, I don't know if we're slow playing it or what we're doing, try to uh, um, negotiate a, a better term. Everybody wants to negotiate better terms. I understand that. Everything, everything's based on the dollar value. But if you're going to enter into this late in the game in the 11th hour, a, uh, a contract with an outside firm that's going to come in and, and waste your $34,000, what are you going to do August 1st? And how are you going to explain that to your constituents? Because uh, that's what you're going to have to do. Because the sheriff uh, has given his, his thoughts on it. Um, the board uh, does not run the sheriff's department. The sheriff is an elected official. He has his uh, his own department uh, as as I am an elected official. 
So, um, you know, he's, he's going to uh, negotiate what he, what he believes and what his numbers show is the exact cost. He's not trying to balance his budget on your guys' money. Um, you know, his, uh, his budget itself is twice your guys' city um, budget anyways. Uh, so it, it's not that he's going to do that. All he wants to do is be fair and equitable, and uh, that's what he's trying to do. So as you deliberate this $34,000, think about August 1st, what you're going to tell your constituents. Jack Sparkman. I'm not going to reiterate everything that's just gone on. I think it's pretty simple. We all know what happened here. Ball got dropped. We ran out of time. Okay. Now let's look at the reality. He's going to give, open up his books and say, here we go. That's the first part of the negotiation. Why are we going to spend $34,000 when he knows what the budget's going to be? You can go in there and say, I'm going to lowball you and you're going to end up with nobody here. I mean, that's the reality. So we're going to spend 34 grand. That's not really going to do much. And I don't even remember, I don't even remember that coming out for people to put a bid on. It was just decided. That's a lot of money. The budget's going to be a big enough jump. But I'm pretty sure that if you talk to the people that live here in town, they're going to say what's most important is our safety. It's gotten out of control as it's been. And I, and I, I think we need to quit pointing fingers. We need to quit worrying about who dropped the ball. And we need to get to the negotiation table. We need to sit down and figure out what the numbers are. If it's that bad, then my suggestion is find another sheriff. Find another department coming here because he's not going to do it for free. And I understand that. Everybody has a working capital they got to take to be able to make their budget fit by the end of the year. So does he. And we have to understand that. And so it doesn't matter who didn't do their job, who didn't pay attention. The deal is you need to get to that table and sit down. If it takes a month or six months, you know it's going to take six weeks to get a report. How much can you do to negotiate in six weeks? David, this, this is up your alley. You think it's going to take six weeks to figure that out? No way we're going to make August 1st, whether we do it or someone else. I'm not going to make it by August 1st. I'm saying you can do it faster than six weeks. He's willing to open the books and sit down at a table with you and show you where the money goes. He's going to quit on August 1st while we're talking about it. I think if you were willing to come to the table with him right now, he'd be willing to work with you. I could be wrong, but I would be willing to bet he's done it because I'll tell you what, we're going to be in a lot worse shape if he doesn't. I the issue has happen. come up because we have not been able to get to the table with Rick. 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 I do not negotiate with my sheriff. He is an elected official. The sheriff does what he wants. He's elected for that reason. So if we have an emergency, he does what he wants to protect the public. You guys are not in a negotiation with him. You guys have to choose what level of protection you want for the city of Willows. 
because just like the fee schedule tonight, you're adjusting your fee schedule to cover your cost. The Board of Supervisors just changed their fee schedule to cover their cost. In the past, this contract does not cover the cost. And unlike yourselves tonight, gifting the fee to this gentleman that showed up, gifting public funds, we are not going to do that. And I'm hoping my sheriff isn't either. You cannot give public funds. The former contract has been a gift of public funding. It has not supported the cost of services. That is why Justin has come forward with this new contract. Because I, being part of the budget part of this, is not comfortable for any gifts of public funding anymore. I'm not taking the fall for this as an elected official who answers to the taxpayers. That's what we're dealing with here. Thank you. I'm gonna come back. <clears throat> it is my district. So as you guys deliberate this, you guys figure out if you're gonna do $34,000 or you're gonna wait for an outside entity to come in and waste uh, time and effort into it. Um, I'm, I'm pretty sure uh, that if the negotiations were to start with you folks and the sheriff's department, that uh, our sheriff would be more than happy to continue his services to our city um, and, and keep that going instead of waiting for an outside entity to do, and I think we could come up with a better agreement, a better um, uh, way of doing it, uh, instead of having outside entities come in and, and, and wasting that time. So as you deliberate that, think about that. Mr. Mayor's Sheriff approaches me, I draw our attention here to a uh, code section here that allows us as a legislative body to be able to negotiate salaries, salary schedules, compensation, friends, benefits, et cetera, et cetera, with both represented and unrepresented employees. In other words, we can negotiate with each one of these people as contractors, as employees, we can negotiate with them. But this code section also says, for the purpose of this section, the term employee shall include an officer and or an independent contractor who functions as an officer or an employee, but shall not include another elected official. I would suggest to you that by this code section, we shouldn't be even trying to negotiate with the sheriff. We should be discussing what are the costs and how much protection do we want to ensure that our people and I just want to again reiterate that this is not on the agenda. So I would ask that, that we go back to what is on the agenda, and that is the contract. Right. Just to refocus the council. Okay. 
Yeah, because you don't want to hear what we have to say. That's why. Just trying to follow up. And why isn't there a request for a proposal? Why is this 34 Justin Gibbs, Glen County Sheriff. So, board, um, yeah, things have been a little bit rusty. The communication has been lax, especially between you and I. I've been with Forrest, and he just came on, and he knows more about what's going on with my ideas than you do, which is unfortunate because it's just a phone call away. You've never called my office. I've looked forward to working with Marty. Um, and her and my undersheriff have definitely got along really well and she came to the table and we told her that we we're going to open up books to her and anybody up on this uh, panel because we want to create a good, fair, uh, negotiated uh, contract. Now, I am also on the same term backing Mr. Hoffinke's case with yeah, it would be great if you guys could start affording your own police department because that would benefit everybody in our city and our county. So now, with that being said, I'm against that you guys are going to hopefully not go with wasting $34,000. I guarantee you we can come up with a very good contract that's fair amongst everybody. With you see the numbers, and if you look at, and we don't, we're not going to do that now because obviously we're, I'm trying to stay within um, the realm of this topic, and you and I can discuss our indifferences later on in private. But having said what I have said, I'm against that you guys are going to go with this company. I hope you vote it down. Um, I think we can, as adults and as business people, we can come up with a very good contract. My, my, I'm open up. I'm, I'm going to be. Everything's going to be fair. Everything's going to be open. But it does take money to to run this business, and you know even with. Um, Inflation going up of oh, nearly nine percent. Um, you know, all everyone's throwing money at all these officers and, and departments. You know, Tehama County, they just got a twenty percent raise. I mean, so it, it's tough, and we have to we have to discuss this as professionals to make sure that we all understand what we're trying where we're trying to move forward to. So, in at the end of my conversation, I do hope that you guys do turn this down. But again, it's your your idea. I'm still going to come to the table where there's with your guys' faces or a different company, so. Thank you. Mr. Ross. Uh, thank you, Doug Ross, P-O-U-D-R-O-S-S, resident of Wells. Um, I'd like to make two points. Number one, relative to uh, the discussion outside of the realm of what's on the narrow, uh, narrowly tailored uh, agenda items. I believe that there's a certain amount of germaneness or relevance to um, speaking about issues that, um, that are way on the decision that aren't uh, quite as narrowly tailored. Uh, to put it in English, um, how could you discuss a, uh, how could you discuss what you're discussing without some discussion of what has been discussed. It's not a sterile uh, agenda item. If that makes my point enough, 
on that. The other thing I'd like to say is I'd like to point out a slight um, fallacy or inconsistency about um, the sheriff uh, as an elected official does what he wants. In, in, in both Glen County, and I don't know about the other counties in the state or other states, but um, uh, the sheriff, the district attorney, and the probation department, their budgets are all um, subject to approval, disapproval by the board of supervisors. So um, while that doesn't, uh, while approval and disapproval of the budget doesn't uh, allow the board of supervisors to say what the probation officer, or the sheriff, or the district attorney is going to do, it does give them quite a bit of power. So to come to a more succinct point, um, I don't think negotiations between staff and staff are even um, right, whatever you want to call it, legal right or proper, or uh, there's some other word, protocol. The, the two relevant agencies are the Board of Supervisors and the Willow City Council. Because of the uh, financial uh, tie between the Board of Supervisors approving and disapproving the budget of the sheriff, then neither the sheriff nor the city manager nor any county or city staff are, uh, are really um, should be the ones that are negotiating this. If it's that important to have public safety, then it should be up on the level of more of a joint powers agreement. That concludes my remarks, and thank you. Thank you. Now, Mr. Mayor, I, I uh, want to say that uh, Sheriff Gibbs is looking at him in his eyes and having him say to us that he will negotiate in good faith, not at the level, if I may say that, we didn't. But given that we don't have the money, at some point it becomes moot. Uh, but uh, I would support not going with the survey or with the study with the understanding and the belief that the sheriff and whoever negotiates with him will have the opportunity to reach a compromise uh, levels of dollars and cents uh, for our citizens of the world. I would agree with that too. One more thing, just to so get a little piece of mind off your shoulders. Um, we put in the limited term of a law enforcement, limited term of law enforcement for the 30 days because we want to bring you to the table. I have another contract that that's not happening and we've wasted money. So we're trying to make sure that everyone comes to the table and, and, and we start this process. As far as before, yes, Marty did uh, text me, but your guys', your guys house was not taken care of well. We inherited this problem, all of us here, with, the, with this contract. But when you guys were starting to call me out to, to uh, start negotiations, you know, there was a lot of people, a lot of things going on in your guys' city. And so I thought you guys should clean up your house. But I always told her that we, we, I would be ready for it. And then when we got a new attorney, she said that she's gonna get a hold of our attorney. And then that's where it started. So there's no ill will by any means um, of you guys dropping the ball or us we kind of inherited this situation, so hopefully we can move forward. And I'm not going to give up police services for the city. We're just gonna keep contracting it out, extending it. So I'm not gonna leave the citizens of Willows without police services. Okay. We're just going to tweak it a little bit. Yeah, Mr. Mayor? Yes. Yeah, thank you. Thank you, Sheriff, for your, your comments. Much, much appreciated. And as, uh, as uh, Vice Mayor Bob, when you were speaking, uh, 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 I agree. You're uh, uh, sincere about it, and I think that we can. Uh, I'd like to uh, uh, 
to be a part of that uh, workout and a viable, uh, equitable contract. So thank you very much for, you know, I, I apologize if I didn't want to put you on the spot tonight, but I thought since you were here, you had some, something to say. Uh, I'm, uh, I'm convinced that we can, we can work out an equitable contract very much so. Uh, like I said, I, you know, spending spending money when we don't need to spend it, that's not a good thing to do. But uh, uh, no, I, I mean, I'm a man of my word, and I believe you are as well. So uh, I look forward to, uh, you know, uh, this isn't obviously a counselor. This is not the contract we're talking about tonight. This is obviously a consider, considering hiring a consultant. And at this point, I don't think we need a consultant. I think we can work something out. So I agree. Thank you, Chair. Thank you, Mr. Mayor. That's all I have. Of course, you were going to make a motion. I'm here to make a motion. I would make a motion that we do reject this offer for this contract. Number one motion. Number two motion that we continue to work with either with, with staff, the attorney, and the city manager, or possibly an ad hoc committee or whatever, be able to continue to work with the sheriff to come up with, and I hate using the word negotiated fee. I want to know that what the numbers are to best protect the folks of the city of Willows, and then we do an up and down vote for that cost. It's not something I'm willing to negotiate. So having said that, that's my two motions. As we one at a time. Okay, one at a time. The first motion that I make is we basically reject this contract. We thank staff for reaching out to these people and think that the uh, organization that responded that, that we respectfully reject the the motion to uh, not execute the contract to city gate from uh, council member Sprague, seconded by council member Hopping. Further discussion? Uh, Mr. Mayor, if, uh, point of order if, if uh, there's no motion made on the current matter, it dies. Do we need a motion? Oh, because of this prior motion? I don't believe we need a motion. Mm -hmm. But that council? That's correct. We don't need a motion? No. Nope. You rejected it. Yes? Sorry. I don't believe anyone's <laughs> going to. If you call for the item, I don't think anyone's going to move to approve. <laughs> no, I'm confused. It dies. Nope. Nope. <laughs> so there's no action to authorize to the motion. So that matter just dies. Okay. That matter just dies. Sorry, I made a motion that got second. I think it's not voted on. Again? Okay, thank you. Those in favor of the motion? Aye. 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 Okay. I'll figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> you get to wait through this recording. Second. So, second motion then, I would make that we continue discussions with the city, with the prior, uh, excuse me, with the sheriff, and determine the level of services that he can provide for the cost that is going to be associated with. Whether we do that with staff, whether we do it with the ad hoc committee, I leave that for discussion. Well, that that has already been um, established uh, with Marty working directly with the under sheriff, and uh, previously we appointed. Councilman Hanson and myself to an ad hoc committee. We previously appointed Council Member Hanson and myself to an ad hoc committee. Okay, good, fine. I was unaware of that. Thank you. 
Discussion and action calendar item 8B, City Council Commitment Appointments. Consider redistribution of the City Council Committee appointments to a good newly appointed since council member and appoint council members to vacant positions. So the uh, item that's before you is um, based on the fact that uh, former Councilmember Jeff Williams resigned on May 23rd and we went through an appointment process tonight. Uh, Councilmember Drake was sworn in. And so therefore, um, there are some vacancies of the committee's um, committee appointments. And in particular, former Councilmember Williams' uh, committee appointments are vacant. And of course, you can reconsider all of them if you want to do that again. You can do that as well. Uh, but either way, we at least at a minimum need the vacancies that were left by former Councilmember Williams' resignation to be filled. And you have a copy of brief description of the various um, council committees, and uh, on the last page is the attachment two, which shows, uh, as you can see, the committees and the various members who are appointed. Um, so in particular, like we have uh, vacancies are Glen County Waste Management Regional Agency, um, Regional Transit Committee, Transportation Commission for an alternate, uh, and the Finance Committee. Finance Committee, correct. So if I remember right, this was mayor appointments. Um, was it by motion? I think you, yeah, I think you sort of all talked about it and kind of made built consensus around which ones you were going to be on. I would like to see Mr. Bottom appointed to the Finance Committee because I like uh, it's actually decent in developing the, because uh, we don't have a policy and procedure mm -hmm. for that particular committee. And then I would recommend uh, Mr. Sprague to fill the seats vacated, vacated by Mr. Williams and the Glen County Waste Management. Regional Transit Committee and the Transportation Committee. Is that satisfactory? I didn't hear which committee you're asking me. Oh, I'm sorry. Lake County Waste Management Regional Agency. Okay. Regional Transit Committee. Transportation Commission. Top three. Mr. Mayor, if I may. Sir? Yeah. Uh, uh, Mr. Hawking is, is, uh, has been serving as the alternate on the uh, Regional Transit Committee. Right. He, he, I'm sorry, he was assigned as the alternate of the Regional Transit Committee, and, uh, and Mr. Williams was, was a member, and uh, a case has been attending the meeting, so I, I would request that maybe uh, defer to Mr. Hoffman and see if he wants to move up to the, to the appointed Good point. the appointed seat on the RTC and, and the vacant seat on the Transportation Commission. Uh, he's, he's, not, you know, he's involved and knowledgeable. And, and yeah, I'm but it kind of takes a minute to figure it out. I mean, that's fine with me. It only takes about half an hour. So, yeah. you know, just in all fairness, yeah. just in all fairness, Casey stepped right in. Yeah, you know, that works. And, uh, and uh, is doing a good job. So. Thank you. Yeah. I have no objections to those. <laughs> so, is that for the Transit Committee and the Transportation Commission? Correct. So, that would be the Lincoln County Waste Management Regional Agency. Oh, I'm sorry, Mr. Mayor. And if, and if Mr. Uh, Take the uh, the alternate seat for RTC to be a, an, an alternate. That's fine. Okay. If so I like, go ahead. I, you know, if you, the council will remember 
Mr. Williams stepped down, and he had created an ad hoc committee to look further into the sewer fund. And that was Mr. Hawkey and Mr. Uh, Williams. I would ask that we reboot or that I would be appointed as the ad hoc committee member with, with Mr. Hawkey in regard to the sewer fund. Is that, yeah, that's not right. satisfactory. Which ad hoc committee was that? I'm sorry. That was for the um, look into the house. It's not listed on the list. No, it's not because that was an ad hoc committee. It was a committee that was established to um, figure out how to redo the sewer fees to reduce the sewer fee. Carolyn, if, if this ad hoc committee is not actually on the list, then it's an ad hoc that was created about. But it's not on this list, so we need to go back. Oh, it's not on the list. It's not on the list. But it was created the very night that, that they all took office when they had their very first meeting. Yes, but if we're going to take action to appoint you, it needs to be agendized. Okay, so it's not on the list. So we will, okay. we will at this point, we're going to appoint Councilman Sprague to the Glen County Waste Management Regionals Agency and move Mr. Hoffinke to the vacant. Two members of the Regional Transportation Committee and make Councilmember Sprague the alternate. And for the Transportation Commission, would that also be Hoffinky or would that be Sprague? That would be Casey. So, Transportation Commission is Hoffinky? As the alternate. As the alternate. Sprague is the alternate to the RTC with Hoffinky. Fill in the seat and Councilmember Sprague taking the Glen County Waste Management Regional Agency. And Mr. Mayor, if I may. Uh, Mr. Sprague, there is a meeting Thursday, Waste Management Regional Agency meeting Thursday at 10.30 for the Supervisors Chambers. Supervisors Chambers. Yes, I'm the alternate. If, if you're unavailable, I could cover, but I have, I have a copy of the agenda if you'd like it, if you want to attend. Thursday at 10.30, the um, 27th. Yes, if I might, uh, because I am set up with you that same morning for doing some of the stuff that I've got. I'll make sure you're in there. So I'll make sure you're done. Let's go ahead and keep up with that. If you're willing to do that, that's fine. Then we can keep on our shoes. Okay. So, okay. Thank you. Okay. Thank you, Mr. Council correspondence. I received a postcard from. Mike Rakestraw, who's on the board for the Northeast Wells Community Services District. They are sending out another postcard. Uh, please do not put diaper rags, cinnamon products, or wax in the toilets, which has been clogging uh, their lift station. This one is going out both in English and in Spanish. <coughs> also, we've received a letter from John Manville. They're going to be doing some taking a system offline and they're doing a temporary layoff of approximately 100 employees. They anticipate it will be down from September through about October 5th. That's under the Warren Act, which is workers, workers adjustment and retaining, retraining notification. And, uh, I'll go ahead and continue. Do we have any other council correspondence? 
So council comments and reports. Uh, I did attend um, the health water training for the emergency uh, training on how to handle it. Uh, and it was pretty darn interesting. It was held here. Um, the city occurred uh, a uh, makeshift earthquake and we all went through the process and watched how they built the various programs on how to deal with broken water mains and they kept throwing new things at it. There was a broken water main, low water pressure at the hospital, um, a fire, and uh, they handled, they handled that and logistics and where they called for people to come in. It was uh, pretty interesting. It was nice to see that um, we have some training on what to do in the event of emergency. And uh, our own city manager was one of the managers of that along the That was fun. It was an entertaining uh, and informative presentation. That's all I got. Any other comments? Yeah, Mr. Mayor, uh, yeah, we're briefly eight. We had a uh, kind of regional transit committee meeting, Mr. Hawking and I. Um, unless you'd like to give it, Casey, you can give that one. Go ahead. Sure. Okay. <laughs> regional transit committee meeting, Anglin County Transportation Commission meetings were held on July 20th. Routine business, uh, uh, most important to note, regional transit committee, we approved a contract renewal for one year with, with uh, two additional one-year renewals. Uh, to continue supporting, so in essence it will be for three years, continue supporting the Lincoln County Office of Education for financial support of the senior nutrition program. I believe it's $360 a month. Uh, Office of Ed uh, uh, does all the, uh, you know, the hard work and, and we provide some minimal funding to assist them with the senior nutrition program countywide. It's an excellent program. Lincoln County Transportation Commission routine budget, budget amendments, uh, amendment transit needs, definitions, and hearing schedule, which will be coming before the City Council uh, in a few weeks. Uh, uh, important to note, uh, I have some good news. Uh, I've been lobbying Caltrans uh, uh, nonstop pretty hard for some time, and uh, improvements are going to be made on Sierra 162 at the Amos Street at the intersection a rough pavement there. Those repairs will be completed on or before August 31st and also Sierra 162 between Tehama Street and Shasta Street for pavement repair. Again, completed on or before August 31st. Uh, the work may, uh, may even, you know, hopefully will be done by the <coughs> 31st, but it's going to be done in the very near future, which, which, is, uh, which is excellent news. And unfortunately, no report yet in we're anxiously waiting in reference to the Sierra 162 pedestrian safety and signage studies within uh, the city limits of the city of Those reports uh, are forthcoming. I've been Glen uh, Groundwater Authority Board. We had a uh, special meeting on uh, July 17th, and uh, some issues have arisen with our consultant that we hired in reference to our Proposition 218 study and the entire Proposition 218 process involving the public protest hearing. It was scheduled for August 7th, so I move that we uh, cancel the Proposition 218 process immediately. And it was uh, seconded and 
unanimous vote. Uh, some issues came up with a consultant that we uh, unfortunately and it was very disturbing to find out that for whatever reason they utilized a, an old uh, mailing address instead of utilizing the most current parcel owner's mailing address. Okay, go home from Glen County Finance Department tax rolls. They used an old uh, address or an old list which uh, was from the year 2019, I believe which resulted in a 35% known discrepancy rate uh, with uh, property owners with uh, parcels uh, uh, changing ownership as Rick, you're fully aware that that happens a lot and fast. In yeah. fact. So that was the major reason. There were some other reasons, but we just, in good conscience, there's no way to move forward with a lawful Proposition 218 process if you don't do it right. So, so we still have one year left entering year five uh, soon on our current uh, uh, five-year to 18 process. So the uh, uh, acreage fee will uh, most likely remain at the current rate. We have a special meeting tomorrow to discuss that. But in all likelihood, I, I very seriously doubt whether uh, there's any uh, intention on the board to raise the, uh, the uh, current acreage assessment from $1.50 per acre. So that results in good news here to the city goals in our budget. So moving forward, uh, the consultant also failed uh, 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 from my standpoint in the city of Willows and the city of Orland without uh, moving into a fourth uh, classification for our future Proposition 218 uh, process, which there will be one, there's going to have to be one as we're entering year five. Uh, without an, an, an urban area, rate and uh, that was very unfortunate and that's another reason why I wanted to uh, just shut this down so the good news is it shut down so that, you know and that was going to be a, uh, a slight budget increase to our, our uh, budget which uh, we don't need to have right now so that's all I have to report and I'll have more uh, information to report on tomorrow's meeting after that and finally Mr. Mayor uh, I want to commend uh, Chief, Chief Monk uh, left, he had other things to do. I want to commend Willis Fire Department for extraordinary work last Friday night in the old Frank's Place uh, uh, building uh, from the steel, steel shop. Uh, bought a lot of steel from Frank, uh, owned now by Fred Davis, that's the corner of Tame and Cedar Street. About 10 p.m. Friday night, a major uh, structure fire there. Willis Fire was on it, they emptied the barn. Outstanding work. I monitored. I was out in my shop uh, with my dog and I grabbed my shovel and monitored the entire event. And the Willows Fire Team did extraordinary work. It was choreographed. The, the training and the expertise just, you know, shows through when you're when you have a good agency and you're ready to handle whatever might come up uh, with the ladder truck and, and the engines and all resources. Uh, Automatic, automatic mutual aid also, also exists with the city of Orland. They were around on the scene. And uh, Archway's fire and Bayless fire also in route. But in all essence, even before the other agencies arrived on the scene, Willow's fire had an excellent handle on it, just from, just from doing fantastic work. And uh, it was very impressive, very impressive. And, and the structure protection and uh, no injuries. Uh, but if, uh, if you think about how those structures are positioned right there in that area, you're just talking feet away from 
uh, Fred Nevis's house is just a few feet to the west. There's the, the tire shop, formerly O'Brien's uh, uh, auto repair shop, just a few feet to the south. Another, another uh, uh, privately owned uh, uh, restoration shop south of that. Total company south of that. Other, other buildings and structures all within close, close proximity. But with that said, I just want to you know, thank the fire department for their outstanding work and our, our fellow partner, fire agencies, for their able assistance as well in the county. And also, I would recommend Mr. Mayor bringing back the budget for consideration of discussion of, of uh, or uh, discussion in reference to uh, ordering a replacement engine for uh, Royal Star Permit Engine 2, which is currently in reserve status, and it was on scene that night. And Engine 2 has, you know, has, has done her, her, her job and done her job well. But she's old and, and quite worn out. Engine 2 was on scene, uh, saving those structures and, uh, and personnel as well that night. But uh, we can't kick the can down the road on not over and replace the Institute. That's my recommendation, and I ask that we bring that back for future uh, discussions. That's all I have, Mr. Mayor. Thank you very much. Thank you. Mr. Mudd? I'm good. Fresh. <laughs> uh, given the hour, I think I'll any comments I might have, I'll see for our next meeting. Thank you. Thank you. Meeting's adjourned to close. Oh, before I do that, we're uh, moving into closed session. Anybody wish to speak to the... Uh, Can I just say something real quick? Yes, ma'am. I just want to say that um, tonight was Pat's last night. Unfortunately, he had to leave. He had a family incident. This is his last um, his last council meeting, I mean. And uh, he'll be here till August 3rd um, working with the city. But I just wanted to say it's been a tremendous pleasure working with him. He's been a tremendous support to me. Um, and all city staff, he's just taken on so much extra work and it's, it's you know, he's really gonna be sorely missed. You certainly will, yes, good man. Yes, manager's report, or is that it? That was it. Okay. We're moving into closed session. Does anybody have any comments you'd like to make to the council before closed session? You were, well, for this 11th hour, I would probably stay here. A couple minutes, Mr. Mayor. Thanks, Amos. I'll see you on. Okay. Coming out of closed session at 1044. No action has been taken. Ladies and gentlemen, you like me to be Yes. Yes. Okay. See now, we walk out the room.